All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 508. Welcome back. Sports 1440. Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where you can get in the game if you've yet to try it. Hey, maybe you don't want to do uh, sports gambling, just like the uh, casino games. Go to, Use the promo code CASINO50, and you'll get uh, your free $50 play at PlayAlberta.ca. The uh, NHL announces their uh, Eastern uh, All-Stars, of course. They have the participation ribbon in the All-Star game, so uh, every team is represented in the first 16 picks, which is it's not an All-Star game. Call it a representation game because that's what it is. I don't have a problem with the skill set about it, but I have a real problem with putting players who aren't all-stars in the all-star game. It's ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense. None. Right? So you're a team like Evan Bouchard, who's the third high scoring defenseman in the league, isn't going to be on the all-star the initial 16 because Connor McDavid is. So then he'll have to get uh, voted in. William Nylander's, the uh, is tied. Or he's the fifth leading scorer in the NHL. He's not in the All Star game because uh, right now, anyway, because Austin Matthews got put in. Now Matthews has thirty goals, so I get why he's there. But William Nylander should be there. Like it's so ridiculous, and this is easily solvable. Easily solvable. Don't tell me that every team needs to be represented because they don't. Right? The NBA does way better than the NHL in marketing, and they don't have every team represented. Not even close. You don't need to do it. Just food for thought. Let's get to the uh, spec report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Heavy all transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated. 
And uh, they got all sorts of new platform trailers in and ready to go right now at nextgentransportation.com as uh, Mark Spector uh, joins us from Rogers Sportsnet. And uh, Spec, the uh, the Edmonton Orders, um, hey, they're rolling. Everything about their team is is rolling. And, you know, today it was interesting, uh, Stuart Skinner talking about how it's an honor when, uh, you know, and fans are chanting your name or even if on the road, you know, they try to get the uh, skin or different things like that or they're booing you. He's like, hey, if even if they know, he goes, you know, I not like it at the time, but the fact is they know who you are. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah, he did a few things lately that I haven't seen. I've got to admit, Jay, I've been covering hockey a long time. I've seen a lot of different goalies who take, you know, both success and and um, a lack of success different ways. Some guys will, you know, you go up to Mike Smith and ask him about a goal to let in from center ice, and he looks at you like he wants to punch your lights out. You know, Curtis Joseph never let a bad goal in. Great guy. But they, oh, it always tipped off a shin pad, or oh, you couldn't see, but it hit that thing. You know, yeah. when think about Skinner, man, he stepped up in that game against Tampa after Tampa, and he said, "I cost us a game." And today, he said a few things that you know, like for instance, they never admit that they hear the fans right when they're yelling Skinner. He said, "Oh yeah, when I'm in Vancouver and I let in six, I hear the fans." So. You know what? To me, that's confidence. Like, he's a young guy. He's a sophomore goalie. He hadn't even played 100 games in the league. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And he shows confidence and, you know, a self-assurance, unlike guys who've played 500 games that I've run into over the years. Yeah. No, that, that's very fair. He And he's really big uh, on um, on mental toughness and confidence. He likes to focus on it a lot, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, that's something that uh, that he's talked about for sure, so – um, yeah. Hey, it's a, it's a, you better be strong mentally to be a goalie and then to be a, a goalie in a Canadian market, right? There's no, you know, Philadelphia 76ers or Eagles or Temple University or, you know, any other pro teams in this league really to take the focus off of what's going on with these Oilers. And when you're the goalie, you got to be mentally strong and mentally tough. And if you're not, you're not going to make it. And I'll tell you, I don't know how good a goalie this guy's going to end up being over the years, and I'm not telling you he's going to be George Vesna himself, but he's mentally strong enough to do it at this young age. He looks very good on that front. The uh, the skills competition players were having some fun with it uh, in the room today. Uh, Sam Gagne, not a big fan of having to do the uh, hardest shot competition. Uh, Zach Hyman <laughs> was uh, excited that he doesn't have to do it after doing it last year. He jokingly said, I haven't taken a slap shot in 10 years. So um, now Evan Bouchard was chirping Warren Fogle, who's in the hardest slap shot. He goes, he goes, Fogle thinks he has a shot. He goes, if it was a snapshot competition, maybe. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, hey, when the team's winning, everybody's in a good mood. You know, Vincent Deharnay was just he's like yeah well what's because what skill are you doing he goes well, what do you think and i'm like fastest skaters like of course so uh <laughs> you know uh, we'll, we'll we'll see but uh you know for kids tonight uh it's pretty it's a pretty big deal they make it a lot of fun now and uh you know they've got a few special guests who are going to be appearing tonight i hear so. oh is that right yes okay yeah so well, a few, good. few I alumni. Well, I, I know the alumni goalies are going to be uh, Delorier and, and um and Ben Scrivens, but uh, there's oh, also going to be another guest who uh, uh, I'm not at liberty to say publicly, but I don't want to ruin it. But uh, somebody that you know, I'm not saying there's anything crazy, but just they, they'll do a few fun extra things at the skills competition. So if you're going with your kids, you'll probably have a lot of fun. Yeah, and the guys bring their dogs out, as I recall yes. last year. Yes. And- 
uh, you know, it is fun. Someone, I mean, it's kind of funny because, you know, if you took a vote in Edmonton, who's got the hardest shot in the team, Bouchard would get 1,000% of the votes. Everyone knows he's got the hardest shot in the team. But it's one thing, you know, he lets go that one-timer standing still and he gets it to 96, 97 all the time. It's quite another thing when you're taking four strides into it in a shooting competition. There's no pressure. There's no, you know, all you're doing is walking into a slapper. So who knows who wins the thing tonight? I mean, different guys. Brett Kulak, buddy. He beat him last year. Yeah, Brett Kulak beat him last year. There mm-hmm. you go. But but I'm respectfully to Brett Kulak, it, whose shot would you rather have on top of that power play? <laughs> Likely Bouchard's. So anyway, uh, it's a fun night. Good night for kids in the building. It's a cheaper ticket, so families can afford it. And uh, fill your boots, man. Have some fun there tonight. Spec, uh, it was. Uh, I know you and I were debating this earlier. Uh, I, I feel the it's amazing the overreaction people have to the Ryan Hartman Cole Perfetti play. Is it cheap? A hundred percent. It was cheap. Right off the face off, lifts it up, gives him the quick uh, shaft of his stick right in the face. Perfetti's not yeah. hurt. It's not a dangerous play. It's a cheap play. Right. And, you know, people, oh, my goodness, they're acting like this is the worst thing. And where Zucker runs, and I know that Cousins is dirt cheap. Don't get me wrong. Right. And he's had it coming the way he plays. But um, like, where did you come out on the Hartman thing? Like, I think there's a little bit too overreaction here. First of all, it doesn't happen very often. Second of all, it's it's yeah, it's a cheap. Sure. But it wasn't dangerous at all. It was just cheap. Well, I don't know. I mean, is it dangerous? We always laugh about hockey players when we find out, oh, he only got hit in the face, he'll be fine. You know, (laughs) that's because hockey players are so tough. But, I mean, there's two things I think about the Hartman situation. One, you know, Hartman's a tough guy. He's fought lots of guys. He's involved physically. You know, I'd have him on my team. I'm here to tell you. I don't mind the player. But if, if your solution Right. If you sit there for a couple days, what she did, thinking about how we're going to get even on our on our top guy getting hurt to pre-solve, and your solution is I'm going to find a sub six foot skill guy who's 22 years old and maybe he's never had a fight in his life, and I'm going to find him and I'm going to take it out on him. That's the fr- I don't think you're very courageous. I think there's a lineup full of Winnipeg Jets that he looked down the lineup and said, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. Oh, I don't want Lowry. Oh, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. Oh, here's a 22-year-old skill guy who never fights. I'll take him. That's my first point. I don't like it. And I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. He didn't kill the guy, and I'm not overreacting. But you'll never get me to say that evening a score by sticking a guy in the face is a good idea. It's not a good idea. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I just feel the the overreaction to it is, uh, you know. Be, well, oh. Now we're talking about social media and stuff, and I'm not going to defend social media because most of the people out there are idiots. But still, yeah, like, <laughs> I just I look at that like to me the the bigger conversation is the NHL actually suspended a guy for hitting someone from behind spec. We we should probably mark this day down. Zucker got three yeah. games. I know people are like, yeah, Cousins deserves it. I don't, I know, hey, Cousins is a player. The old, you know what? He lives by the sword. He clearly there got hit by the sword, right? Uh, there's not a lot of people feeling empathetic for Cousins, but it's more so I'm wondering it now. It's one. So trust me, I'm not holding my breath. 
But uh, eventually the NHL has to crack down on hits from behind. It's a must. They did it with headshots. It took them a long time. They finally cracked down when they got, you know, Rafi Torres 40 games and Matt Cook got a, you know, long suspension. And finally they were like, okay, we're going to take it. But it took a long time. So trust me, I'm not confident that the, the Zucker's suspension is going to open the doors to the NHL finally saying, hey, oh. we're going to crack down on it. But at least maybe it's a small step in the right direction. Yeah, but come on. That's not the hit from behind. They're trying to get out of the game. Cousins stood there for three seconds, knowing somebody was coming. He made that hit on um, who's the defense? Valimaki. Yeah, Valimaki, the kid from Calgary. He makes a dirty hit on a guy, and then he knows. I mean, he absolutely knows someone's coming to get him, and he stands there with his face two inches from the boards and just waits for it. That's not the hit from behind. We're trying to get out of the game. Right. It, it was a Zucker wasn't hitting him in a dangerous way to try to retrieve a puck or something. It was clearly a I'm going to crank, crank you because you made a dirty play. The the hit we're trying to get out of the game is the hit from behind Cousins made on um, uh, Gabranson. Sorry, Gabranson. Yeah, excuse me. I'm losing my mind tonight uh, on the Gabranson. That was a very dangerous in play hit from behind that happened in a split second. Those are the plays we're trying to get out of the game. Cousins never got suspended for that hit, man. The Zucker one, I don't care about that. It took three seconds for it to happen. That's not the hit we're talking about. Yeah, but he still got suspended. They never suspend anybody for a hit from behind. Yeah, okay, he got suspended. I Frankly, I thought that Cousins played the Department of Player Safety. He knew the hit was coming. I think he looked over his shoulder and saw Zucker coming, and he just stood in there and took it. I, I don't, I don't know why you're suspending the guy for Cousins being that dumb. Yeah, well, he's now, um, well, now he's got a concussion. So if if he actually well, was waiting for the hit, then you know what? That, he was waiting. There's for the a hit. good, he there's a, a good example. How smart is that? Yeah, not it's, very it's, smart, is it? Not at all. No, not at no. all. So, um, you know, people say, well, they're not supposed to hit you from behind. I always say, okay. Yeah, well, cars aren't supposed to. Do you, do you teach your kid to look both ways when they cross the street? <laughs> yeah. Yes, because you want them to protect themselves, even at a crosswalk, right? The cross, the white arm is is the you know the white person's there uh, on the uh, on the sign. You're like, well, I still look both ways. I just don't run because you never know. You can't you can't 100 percent trust everybody else in the game of hockey. Absolutely. There's too many that are just going in blind and being like, well, if the player hits me, I guess I'll live with the consequences, which is a pretty risky way to approach going into the corner, oh, in my opinion. You know, you brought up the headshots, and and you're right. Like they 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 um put in rule 48. And it took a little time, but they really did get most, I mean, most of those headshots out of the game, right? It was a successful innovation in our rule book. Rule 48 worked. But I'm here to tell you, I think ever since they put in the hitting from behind penalty, I think there's more hitting from behind today than there was before they put that penalty in because guys have stopped protecting themselves. They're counting on the referee and the rule book to protect them now. I think there, I don't think it's helped at all, Jason. I think it's made it worse. Yeah. Well, who knows? Might be. Well, I do know that there's a, you know what? Uh, I got an email from a guy who says he teaches skills and goes, yeah, well, I teach him to protect the puck. I'm like, well, so you're telling him just put their back to him all the time? Well, that's stupid then. You can protect the yeah. puck in the middle of the ice, but don't just go in the corner and stand there and be like, oh, if the guy's coming at me, turn that way. Well, you know what? No. Then that's a bad, if that's the only thing you're teaching, then that's a bad thing to teach. 
That's I wouldn't I would teach say. my son to play that way. No, no chance, right? You, you can protect the puck. Leon Draisaitl protect. Watch what he does. He gets up there. He turns yeah. his back. He sees the guy coming. Sticks his rear end out. And he's like, "Yeah, now the guy can't hit me. I'm not standing upright, right?" And I, I absorb the contact. I don't just stand there at the last second and turn, thinking, "Well, this guy better stop when he's going 100 miles an hour." It's a completely different play. It's so stupid. You can protect the puck in one play when you're stationary. That makes sense. But when guys are going for battles the last second you turn and you're getting hit, wow, you know, geez, I was turning, dude. No, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. You can't yeah. always say the other guy, in a game that fast, he doesn't know you're turning. So now you're hoping that he's going to be able to stop on a dime. It's a pretty big yeah, risk. can't do it. It's too fast. And, you know, and then add to that that no, you're not – and I like the fact – that wingers and, and defense partners aren't allowed to hold up the four checkers the way they used to. The the old hook and ride doesn't exist anymore, which is good, but it puts that retrieving defenseman in a worse spot. And then things happen faster and everyone's moving faster. And like I say, I think protecting yourself first, protect the puck second, in my opinion. Yeah, that's uh that's valid, Speck. Uh, we will uh, chat tomorrow about the uh, the Edmonton orders and a fun, tough decision. Does uh, does the head coach bring Sam Gagne back in, or does he roll with a winning lineup? Well, we'll discuss it tomorrow. All right. Have a good one. Catch you tomorrow, man. It's Mark Spector in the Speck Report, brought to you by NextGenTransportation.com. Sam Gagne was on the ice today, feeling good. He's in a normal practice jersey. He's ready to roll, but the orders are rolling. They've won six in a row. And do they mess with it? They keep it going, thinking they might, but uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, eventually, I think Gagne's going to get in, but it might not be against the uh, the Ottawa Senators. We'll wait and see. We'll return. Uh, Kurt Hill will join us. Lots of trades, two massive deals to Dre. Uh, Matt Savoy uh, and and Geeky both traded. Uh, Savoy's going to Moose Jaw. Geeky's going to the Swift Current Broncos. The Edmonton Oil Kings made uh, some significant trades uh, over the weekend. We'll talk to Kurt Hill, the GM, about it next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We are back. It's time now for our big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier charter companies, They're taking you or your group to the next destination in style. Book your ride today at silentrides.ca. As we are joined by the general manager of the uh, Evanson Oil Kings, uh, Kurt Hill. Kurt, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year! Thanks for having me. Uh, well, before the uh, the New Year, uh, you, a, a few trades you pulled off. I guess let's start with the one. Um, you know, Sonich, of course, is recently draft. Uh, you know, draft pick in the NHL from uh, uh, from Seattle, and uh, you know, you acquire uh, basically uh, the two brothers uh, to come into uh, to Edmonton along with defenseman uh, Trace and Ashley. Kind of tell me, you know, how this trade came about because you know a lot of people wouldn't have thought that the Oil Kings were necessarily in a, in a kind of a buying position. Yeah, you know, I'd had some uh, conversations with Seattle on the player that uh, really with Sachin and Grayson being the, the 2005 18-year-old. Um, I really didn't think he was ever going to be a player that was going to be available. And, you know, for us right now, um, yeah, I don't, we weren't probably in a buying position before we, we knew that name was out there. And, you know, really the thing that was attractive for him was that he's going to be a player that can be here not only this year but next year as well. And mm-hmm. And really, a, a, our feel is he's one of the top 2005-born forwards in the league. And when you're trying to go through a retooling, <laughs> rebuild, whatever you want to call it, it's uh, you know one thing we were really missing was that there was a, some more pure skill on our top six, which was hard to find. And um, when Sachin was available, we were willing to spend the assets to bring him in. So you look at that, and 
you know, you, you expected this year to be an, another kind of the rebuilding season for your team and, and build and get some experience. Uh, unfortunately, you've had a lot of injuries on the back end, and that probably derailed the season much, uh, you know, kind of put it outside of, of the playoff hopes a lot sooner than you had hoped. But you're, you're kind of building now for the eye for next year, right, to get back to being competitive. And when you look at your roster, everybody's healthy, and, you know, you kind of picture where you're at. How, where do you feel you're at now for next season? Oh, I think we're in a very good spot heading into next season, and even this year now that uh, you know now that we're the healthy and we're playing well. It's um, you know one of the biggest things about trying to come out of a out of a rebuilder, in my opinion, is that you got to learn those younger guys that you're trying to build with. They need to learn how to start winning games, and you know if if you keep delaying it another year and delaying it another year, it just seems like you're potentially in that constant rebuild mode, acquiring picks, drafting players, waiting for them to come up where. You know, that's where the Sachin deal, I felt, can really start to put an impact with the, with kind of our, you know, our group of forwards with our one star D was healthy. And you start learning how to win hockey games. And, you know, lately here we've, we're finding a way to do that. And, uh, you know, we're a completely different team than we were three weeks ago. Well, yeah, you look at, and all of a sudden you're only eight points out of a playoff spot. Like it's not, you know, like eight points with, uh, you know, still 30 plus games to go. It's not, it's not crazy to think that, that your team, even if you don't necessarily make the playoffs, you're going to be playing some meaningful games here down the stretch. Yeah. You know, the guys have had a fantastic trip here and it's, uh, they've put themselves in that position to, uh, to potentially be playing those meaningful games and, yeah, that's, and that's where you want to be. It's, you know, unfortunately last year when you win 10 games, you're, there's not too many meaningful games and it's hard to motivate and it's, it's really hard to have that hunger for, for learning how to win. And now it's, you know, to get back and be in somewhat of a playoff race and have these important games, I think it's only going to pay, pay dividends to our group, uh, you know, not only this year, but next year. What have you liked about your team here in the last 10 days? What, what's changed? What's, is it just health or what else is going on? Well, certainly health has helped. Like our back end, you know, we, we, we got guys back in the lineup and, um, you know, that help, that certainly does help a lot. Um, I like the way we're playing. One of the biggest things is just we're playing a very calm game. We're being patient. Um, I really like the efforts on the road of just playing a little bit boring. But now with us having two pretty significant offensive lines, it's, you know, Sachin's the kind of guy that can make plays. And we saw it last night. He scores two goals on plays that, you know, I don't know. Three weeks ago, some of those plays are made if uh, other guys are in different spots, and he's able to he's able to put pucks in the net, and and that's a game changer at the end of the day. Kurt Hill joins us, uh, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, it, it is massive. Like skill can change everything, not only for him, but just the confidence of other guys. If, you know what? Certain players, you get a skilled guy to play around him, and all of a sudden he makes them look better, right? Like we're seeing it even at the NHL level. Fogle and McLeod playing with Drysaddle, and all of a sudden, you know, they look like better players, and it kind of has a trickle down effect on your squad as well. It does. It puts it kind of aligned everybody back into their spots, and you know, again with us having two real strong 06s and, and Gavin Hodnett, Adam Jekko, guys that were, you know, part of that group that we're building around here moving forward. You know, he really helps with with those guys and having that ability to play with that skill game with, with those two players. And then we have the two 20-year-old players in Ty Nash and Skylar Bruce who have done a great job this year. Um, you know, both had spent some times injured, but when they've been in the lineup again, they're guys that, you know, can really complement those, those younger skill guys who – 
you know, when you're going through the retooling, you you have to rely on your young guys to to be a big part of your team and, and have significant roles, which uh, we have a lot of young players playing some pretty significant roles right now. You you look at the uh, at the trades today, uh, two big ones, of course, uh, both involving the Wild as they ship uh, Connor Geeky to uh, the Swift Current Broncos, and then uh, another uh, local guy in, in Savoy, he goes to the to the Moose Jaw Warriors. Kurt, for your team, like, do you envision yourself like? Any other tweaks before the deadline, or do you think you're you're kind of status quo now? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Again, I guess you're always always in a position to, to chat with other general managers, and and you look to improve your team if you can. Um, and saying that, a lot of big moves have already been done. I don't know, I don't know how many moves that are out there amongst the league. I'm sure there's some, but uh, you know, I really like the team the way our team has been playing here the last, you know, since the new year. So I think you know. Never say never, but right now I really like uh, what I'm seeing out of there of our group. Kurt Hill Jones, when as a, you were in that, you've been in that spot where you know you you've pulled off the big trade, right? Where you give up a lot of draft picks to, to you know to bring in a guy, and obviously you know lots of teams do it, but there's only one or two where it actually works out. If you if you want to go in a long run, how how do you view it as a GM in the league when you look at that trade uh, for Geeky and then the one for Savoy? I don't think you're surprised that either guy was getting traded, but what do you think? You know, like is that just a cost now? Like that's a lot of draft picks to give up. Well, yeah, and the Moose Jaw deal, I mean, they certainly, I guess, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're not willing to put a player into it, it's, uh, that's, that is a lot of draft capital that's given up. But, uh, you know, I'm, when you look at the Moose Jaw roster, I mean, they're going to have a lot of guys coming back next year too. So I'm assuming um, from an outsider looking at it that they'll be, be in one of those teams that's trying to recoup assets next year. And um, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, we went all in a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, we were – we were able to win and for those teams that don't win when you go all in you know i can't imagine having a 10-year season 10-win season after not winning a championship the year before it made things you know a little bit a little bit easier to take and um you know you have a little bit more leeway to play with i think and but yeah when you load up and and you don't get the job done it's uh yeah it's got to be tough uh were you surprised though because when anachi is in second place right when they when they make these moves and i and i get all the draft capital they got Right, but do you think maybe there's some other moves coming with them because they they give up a lot for a team that's in second place? Yeah, you know, I know with the with Savoy and Geeky out of the lineup, they've played about 500 hockey this year, so I'm gonna guess they're probably thinking they they're they're going to be able to make the playoffs still. But yeah, it's you know, on paper with those two guys in that team, um, they have a pretty established goaltender. They got a pretty good decor. Like they were probably almost in a situation where they could have tried to add one guy and had a real chance to win it again this year in my opinion but i mean not having a pick in the first five rounds for the next three years that's pretty difficult and i think it's you know new franchise new ownership group to our league the longevity of that working in wenatchee i think it was just ultimately something they had to do yeah so yeah it's interesting you don't you don't necessarily see a team uh, that high that's uh, trading off guys but when you mentioned that uh, all the other uh, capital they'd given up in the past so they felt like uh, it was the right move uh uh, to do it. Um, Kurt, when you, when you look at things overall this year, uh, you know, obviously not just from, uh, from your team, but overall, you know, the division and the, and the playoff race and everything else, uh, like that kind of, how do you view this season? Has it, how frustrating was it with that? Just the endless, you know, injuries. I, t- I talked to your coach and he was just like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, I think you'd use something like 12 defensemen in the first 10 games. Yeah. It's, it's nothing you ever planned for. I mean, it was a revolving door and, 
you know, there's no consistency. It's hard for coaches to even to get any type of standard or anything, any, you know, getting guys used to playing with one another, putting lines together, putting D pairs together. It's just, it, it was frustrating. There's no question about that. Um, you know, going into the season, I, I really, I really felt that we were a team that would be comp- competing for a playoff spot. And, um, you know, now that we're healthy, we're playing the way we're playing. Uh, you know, the guys have done a good job to, to get, to get us a little bit closer to being, being legitimately talking about that again. Well, Kurt, uh, always good to catch up with you. Continued success. Uh, your All Kings team uh, is rolling and could have uh, could have one of the best uh, second half comeback stories we've seen in the dub in quite some time. So, continued success. I appreciate that, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Kurt Hill, the uh, GM of the All Kings, and don't uh, don't necessarily count out the All Kings all of a sudden, man. They're rolling. They're road warriors here lately. Uh, you know, they get when they get back home. I, I think uh, Oil Kings fans who have been going to the games are all of a sudden being like, what, "Who's this team?" Like they got a lot more skill. They're healthy, but uh, you get Sachin in from uh, Seattle. That gives him a legit offensive guy. And I don't care what team you're on. When you have that guy, it uh, it makes a big difference. And so it'll be tough. Don't get me wrong. To uh, to get back in, but they're only eight points out now. They've they've gone on a little bit of a streak here. Uh, if they could pull off a victory, I think they face Kelowna uh, tomorrow night. So tough test there. But all who knows? You uh, you defeat Kelowna and. And all of a sudden, man, that road trip looks even better. And then they're, uh, I think they got, uh, I think it's Calgary, Connor, on, uh, on Sunday. I think they're at Calgary. I think it's Calgary. I don't know. Maybe not. Who is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is Calgary. Okay. In Kelowna, in Calgary, then, uh, back home and next then, Thursday. And then back home. So, well, you know what? Still a chance. Like this being a good road trip, it could be an unbelievable road trip for the Oak Kings, who are suddenly a pretty competitive team. Uh, when we return, we're going to talk to Ryan McLeod. It, going to the net is one part of the equation. But what about finding the areas around the net? How key has that been? And what has McLeod been doing to become more of a successful scorer? We'll find out next uh, with Ryan McLeod on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 543, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Greger, I have to disagree with you. I thought that was a dangerous play. Well, you're allowed to disagree with me, Mike. That's no problem. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, 
but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But explain to me what was dangerous. Like, what's the worst thing that could have happened there to Cole Perfetti? What's the worst thing that could have happened to him? They lose a tooth. Okay. But did anything happen to Cole Perfetti other than a little stinging? Hey, trust me, it's a sensitive area to get hit in the face. That's why it's cheap. I never said it wasn't cheap. But to me, that's not a da- dangerous plays is running guys from behind. Dangerous plays is when you have, this sh- when you have the, uh, the butt end of your stick in a guy's face. The shaft, right? It's an even, it's up and down. Yeah, it hurts, right? But what was dangerous about it? Honestly, I'm curious. Tell me what was dangerous about that play. Cheap, 100%. I'm not saying something like Hartman. He, he's a cheap little rat. But guess what? Now, I'm probably in the minority. I don't mind having a little animosity in the game. When you have a cheap player on your team, you love it. Zach Cassian was hated by Oder fans. And when he came on their team, was running around, they loved him. Because it's emotional. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? If, if Hartman played on the Oders, most wouldn't care. The vast majority would be like, oh yeah, but he might be cheap, but he's our cheap guy. And honestly, that one in in the in the grand scheme of cheap plays, you get a hit in the mouth. It's irritating. It hurts, but there was no damage done. So it's cheap. I don't see how it was dangerous. What was dangerous about it? Honestly, text back in and tell me what was dangerous. I'd be very curious, very curious to see what the uh, the dangerous part of that play was. Let's get now uh, in the room brought to you by Action Electrical. Family run business, locally owned and operated for 50 years. And uh, they keep evolving and uh, growing. And if you need any work done solar, you're thinking about solar, you're like, well, I'm not really sure what to do. What are the grants? How can I save money? Well, go to actionelectrical.net and they can walk you through the whole process. They can tell you all the best benefits that you can have to save you money, short term and long term. Actionelectrical.net. And uh, Ryan McLeod, of course, uh, is on a little bit of a heater. Been playing wing as of late. We started our conversation just asking him, uh, what, uh, how has he liked the switch to wing? Yeah, I don't mind. I, I kind of bounced around a bit in junior on the wing. I played with my brother a bit, so he was in the middle. But I think just playing with you know, a player of uh, Leon's caliber, it's always you're going to get more looks and just you know, going in for us right now. So it's good. Now, early in the season, and nowadays with stats, they, they cover a lot more in depth. And you had nine inner slot shots in the first 28 games. And you had two goals. And then you had five in the last six games, and you got five goals. Oh, yeah. Have you made a conscious effort to go to the net more? Uh, definitely, yeah. I think, you know, when it's not really going your way, you're always you know, searching for something. But I think all you do is dumb it down, get to the, uh, the hard areas. You look at the goals in the NHL getting scored, it's all around the net. And I just kind of trying to get to those areas. And, you know, going in for me right now. It seems like it's an easy thing to just say go to the net. But if it was that easy, everybody would do it all the time, and they don't. Why do you think that is? What is it about going to the net consistently that's hard? Um, well, I think, yeah, like I, I've been finding that, you know, sometimes I'm spending my shift just in front of the net, which I'm like, 
it's good to be, like have a guy there, but you know it's not always the most effective thing because the teammate can just tie you up. So you like kind of get like lost in front of the net. You gotta move around in different areas, find different holes. You know, find the you know, tendencies of where the guys like to pass the puck to and where they like to get open. So I've been kind of trying to you know watch clips and be like, how can I like lose a D man and then get back to the front of the net in like an effective way where I'd have a little time in the puck. So, yeah. Do you watch other players? You just watch your shifts to see, okay, here's where I went and this is maybe where I should have gone. Um, I, I don't specifically watch, you know, a, a single player. I mean, I watch my bro. He's probably the one I watch most, but I just kind of watch, you know, hockey a lot. And, and uh, there's obviously players I like to see, but, um, you know, it's more just breaking down my clips and talking to, like, my line mates and what they, they see. And, you know, it's been uh, it's been working all right now, so I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Warren Fogle mentioned how Leon's talked to him and you about, hey, you guys are big, fast guys. Like, don't just throw the puck away sometimes. Make more plays. Again, is it is it easier to be like, oh, well, Leon Drysaddle tells me maybe I should do it? Um, yeah, I think also, you know, being elevated in the lineup, you got a, you know, a little bit more you know, responsibility to, you know, help out on the offensive side. So, um, yeah, his message to us is, you know, make plays, be confident with the puck, you know, we're good players. So we've been trying to do that, and, uh, you know, hopefully it works and we don't have too many turnovers. <laughs> and, and if it, let's say you go back to the third line center later on, wouldn't you want to keep that mentality of make more plays? And then, because nowadays, cup winning teams, their third line's pretty effective. For sure. I think that's a big thing for me is, you know, building that confidence uh, that, you know, when I get you know, slot somewhere else or, or it gets shaken up that I'm, you know, not going to change my game at all. So I'm, uh, you know, confident with how it's going right now. So there you go, Ryan McLeod. It's, you know what? Like what he said, he goes, hey, I've been watching video, watching games about, you know, how do you lose a guy? Because, you know, we always talk about the players like Brett Hall had the reputation of he could always find the soft spot. Wow, you say it, but then doing it is, of course, players want one. But how do you go about doing it? What are you doing to learn? And so he's watching video things on where if I go here, where can I go then to lose the D-man and come back? So little things to watch for. And, you know, one other guy that I asked, uh, Zach Hyman. Um, Zach Hyman, of course, is is on a pace for another career high. That'd be three years in a row where he had career highs and goals. He scored 27 his first year in Edmonton, which is previous high was 21. Then last year he jumped up to 36. Now he's on pace to score 40 plus. And you know, he, he's another guy who he, he had mentioned a comment yesterday. So I kind of circled back and I just asked him about, you know, what are you working on to tr- without giving away, you know, the, the Hyman Cadbury secret on how to become a better scorer around the net? I mean, I think for me, you know, in practice, guys would work on their shot and they would shoot from the slot or the top of the circles. And when I would work on my shot, I'd shoot from within five feet because that's kind of where I would get the majority of my chances. I just looked at, you know, where do I shoot the puck the most? And it's 95% within 10 feet. So it's not necessarily how hard you shoot it. It's kind of where you place it, where how you're able to move the goalie things like that and just kind of worked around the net and finding loose pucks and getting them up quick or recognizing space around you and who's there and things like that. So it's always interesting to talk to the players because, you know, hey, you know, guys are working out and they're training, but to evolve as a player, it can't just be, you know, faster, stronger, right? Because eventually there's going to be a limit to that. So then it's about smarter and, you know, how do you move the goalie in tight? Right. The, the other thing that Hyman's quite good at is backhand goals. Right. Like watch, you know, he scored one the other day again. Um, and I think he, I think he's second. I got to double check it on, on backhand goals this year. And I think he was top three last year. So it's an area of, you know, he's pretty confident in it. Right. And, you know, we see Leon Drysaddle as a backhand passer 
which is amazing, right? Because if you can pass as well on your backhand as you do on your forehand, we've seen it from dry settle. It just, it opens up so much more for, for your teammates and for everybody on the ice. And then being able to score on your backhand, man, is such a huge skill. It's such a huge skill. And, and Hyman's obviously confident with it and, uh, it's worked out. So there's a little bit of wanted to talk about the older scoring. Uh, obviously they've been doing well at it. And, you know, at the, they're the high scoring team here in the NHL the last two months. They have the, uh, their eighth best in goals against over the last two months. And when you're a top 10 team in both, uh, it's not a surprise why the Edmonton Oilers have the best record in the NHL since Remembrance Day. They have, uh, they made a very hot team. Very hot team. Some uh, early scores, man. If you pick the over, you'd be liking it. Uh, the Penguins and the Bruins. They, uh, it's four to two for Pittsburgh in the, uh, in the first period. That's awesome. Some old school hockey, uh, right there. And, uh, uh, Pasternak, two points. Crosby's got a few points already. Connecting's got his, uh, 19th for the uh, Flyers. Games that, uh, impact the orders. Uh, you're looking, the uh, Predators and the Flames are going at it tonight. Uh, St. Louis hosts Vancouver, uh, Arizona hosting the New York Islanders. Uh, the Coyotes, of course, uh, just ahead of the orders. And, uh, we mentioned it off the top, uh, Vegas hosting Florida. Florida looking, uh, to win five in a row. Uh, Vegas earlier today, uh, picked up, uh, Bjornfoot on waivers from the LA Kings. They got, they're banged up in the back end. They really miss Shea Theodore. And after an incredible start, the, uh, the Golden Knights since Remembrance Day, the Golden Knights are 22nd in points in the National Hockey League. They have not played very well. And a loss tonight would uh, keep the orders 10 points back, but then they'd have four games in hand. Now, it's going to take a long time for the orders to make up those four games in hand because of their schedule in, in January, but it just shows you the gap. Yeah, you're probably not going to win all four, but let's say you win three. Or even if you win, go two, one, and one. Well, now you're five points closer. And I don't, the way the orders are playing by the end of January, don't be surprised if they're three, four, five points with some games in hand behind the uh, Vegas and LA who have, uh, who've struggled a little bit. So that's, uh, um, no, it's a good sign. I think the Edmonton orders probably, what was it? I was like, ah, it would be a playoff team. I didn't think in November that it was realistic for them to be a top three team in the Pacific. Changed my mind on that. I think now there's a realistic chance they could be a top three team in the Pacific division. So that's, uh, you know, the higher you finish, just helps you potential for a home ice advantage. On behalf of Connor Halley, Terry Ryan, and Jason Greger, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. If you missed any parts of the show, you can go to jasongreger.com for individual interviews or the podcast, sports1440.ca, or anywhere you get your podcasts is where you can uh, listen to them, Apple, iTunes, wherever. Thanks, as always, for uh, tuning in, subscribing, watching on Oilers Nation YouTube, uh, on the apps. Very much appreciate it. Have yourselves a wonderful night. Here's the Con Man Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Good night. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.